G'day, it's Monday morning. Welcome to the Mailbag Sin City Review Podcast. It was day one of the championships up at Randwick. It was a heavy track, but there was a little bit of everything to go along. There was narrative, there was betting plungers, there was betting drifts, and there was a little bit of track bias and a little bit of wind bias. It was really had a bit of everything. Um, Rob Scurry and Mark Roden are here to dissect the meeting with me. Rob Scurry, I'll start with you. How did you find Saturday from sitting in the bunker when you would have been on course at Randwick with 30,000 other party goers? Did you prefer it being at home? No, I would prefer to be at track. It's, what are we, day 17 or something at yeah. home? Two kids, homeschooling. No, I, would have, I need to get out, mate. Mark Roden, uh, look, the, the track itself probably played quite well considering it was a heavy, but there was certainly a a bias on the day and by the looks of things that was due to the the winds present around the course yeah randwick's a track that's more susceptible than most to a um, wind bias being affected by the wind it was a what westerly northwesterly which theoretically um well i suppose in the in the races that aren't shoot races yet um being on the fence was a plus and that's certainly the way it played for most of the day uh the, the market, uh, however, didn't really. It wasn't that quick to react to it, so there were still uh, some opportunities there for you later on if you were if you read it right. Yeah, and that was certainly the case also at Caulfield. There's a few interesting betting patterns going on at the moment, and as you said, some of the bigger syndicates just seem to be ignoring bias that's developing on the day. Uh, look, we're going to go through race one and then skip race two and three. We'll jump in race four and go right through to the end. It was a big card, but we'll touch on race one. Doubtland was the winner and was visually very impressive. Overall, the time, look, they've gone very slow for the class, basically 10 lengths slow to the 600, but Doubtland really put them away with a very strong split from the 400 to the 200. Uh, Rob Scarry, you're a big rap for this horse. Uh, just recap what you thought just watching him parade before the race. I just looked a bit forward for a, for a Hawks runner. You know, it's, it's off a bit of a freshen up. I just, just, you know, saw the lines in the right places. The horse looked calm. And, I, and more than that, I just had, you know, some suspects over rulership. Um, I was just looking for a bit of fresh blood. And... Um, the way this horse won at Kenzo first up, the last 100 metres just had the, the makings of a good horse. So I'd, also by a, not a single doubt, I just thought I'm probably going to handle the wet. And, you know, it's Kenzo is already sort of a, a, a deadish kind of track. It's never going to be that fast. There's always some cushion in it. That's what I'm trying to say. So, yeah, look, I, I just thought it was, um, you know, a bit of different form. It did cost a lot of money and it was a pretty sweet watch, actually. Mark. Uh, Mark, for yourself, did you get involved in race one? And I guess second question is, what are we doing with rulership and damaged out of this race? Uh, I didn't. I didn't get involved. I was a bit worried about where rulership might be, having been, you know, uh, coming off the Melbourne trip where he had a pretty. Well, it was, he was coming out of a very fast uh, Blue Diamond, which would have been a pretty tired run anyway, and he didn't have the best trip in that. And I didn't really know what to make of damaged. Um, what was seemingly a very fast midweek win at Warwick Farm. Um, the form around him didn't actually read that strongly pre-race, but um, that they really ran good time for the day. So I wasn't really quite sure what to make of it, so I stayed out. Um, I don't. I, well, rulerships must be end of prep. They can't possibly be going. There's nowhere to go for him anyway. There's no Brisbane. There's nothing like that. I think that'll be the end for him. Uh, the steward saying anything about damage? I haven't had a look yet. Um, um, I've just got it up here now. Uh... 
James Cummings undertook to inform stewards of anything that comes to light in the days subsequent that may explain the Colts' disappointing performance. Uh, oh, well, was, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's it, great news. And, and the old... Reading, that's the, the Colt Tremendous. was slow to recover, which, I don't know. For me, slow to recover always just means it was disappointing and fucked if we know if what happened to it. But um, If you were the... Pu- the punters would have been slow to recover. He back into favour as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, didn't didn't he run a really really fast time at Warwick Farm when he won, which would have sucked in a few people? Yeah, that's yeah. that's what I was just saying. It, 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 the time looked really good, but the the form around him and even visually it didn't look like it was you know a, the time suggested he was probably group class and you know up to this class, <laughs> but he didn't something about yeah. that figure didn't sit right with me, and mm, so that's yeah. why I wanted to give him this. I remember Dominic Byrne on Twitter was saying this is you know this time his run is comparable. He listed all these bloody champions yeah. of the turf, and you know yeah. I guess that's going to stick in people's minds when some form expert like that compares him to to former champions. But maybe it was just the Tommy Marquand effect. Could have been, and well, the filly in the race after Forbidden Love actually ran same time. Yeah, virtually. Hey Pete, so, Forbidden Love. Yeah. Good horse for you, Pete. I was going to I was going to back hit because in the morning damage was four forty and Forbidden Love was. 20s or something so i was just going to have a spec on it but they scratched it and it i wouldn't have won anyway and so that was good but th- this thing is uh, i've been trying to do my post race rating on the meeting this morning and I, i'm just not sure where to put him it, it it's first use of a wet track don't know mm. sectionals phenomenal if, if you take it at face value visually very impressive um he might be he might be good he might be very good yeah it's good, yeah. good race last year. I think I, I tipped Bibblewack and Libertini just to, um, you know, <laughs> thought I might bring that up in this race. They turned out to be pretty good. It, there's been a, a, a stack of good winners in this race over the years. It usually is a good race, and he, he might be up there with them. Yep. I think I was on um, Stern v, v Winx's baby brother one year as well. Oh, um, yeah. I forget its name. Um, they ran a dead heat. Yeah, yeah, no, it's gone for me as well. Um, we'll we'll leave that leave that one. There. I remember, boys. I remember. <laughs> Rob, you're probably the, the only one who does these days. Oh man, it's too good for me. Uh, look, race four was the Adrian Knox over two thousand meters. Uh, Colette was obviously a bit of a, a spruik boom horse, and I guess really put it on the. Uh, put it all together there on Saturday. They've gone very fast here for the class, 9.2 lengths fast to the 600, and Colette's basically brained them. Um, Mark, I'll start with you. You found Toffee Tongue at at a bigger price we were talking about uh, off air before. Yeah. Um, did you end up having another play in the race? I didn't, actually. I, I just let, let it go with that. Um, she, I, I think I marked it exactly 9.50 in my market, which is what it's SP, but it was... It was even in the official box, it was $21 in and it was as much as 41 in the days leading up. So it was very well backed. I mean, they've just put up the wrong price there. And mm. she's run she's run really well, but she's just run into a, a classier uh, middle distance staying filly on the day. Um, Colette had the platform to go to a level like that. The early market, she was as short as 230 and, you know, around that mark. Uh, so there was a bit of a feeling that she was going to make the step up to this class and handle it quite comfortably. And she, she was much, much too good and will be, uh, you would think, uh, with the backup on what's likely to be a testing track again, um, the one to beat in the Oaks next week. But okay. uh, no, I just left it with Toffee Tongue. If you wanted to, uh, I was a bit worried about Parody uh, 2000, even though she'd been, you know, Melbourne form was good. She'd buy Everlet that wasn't really, didn't really scream 2000 metres to me. And she ended up, ended up having a bit of a hard run on Saturday and not finishing off. 
Uh, I was speaking to a few people before the race who thought, oh, well, Collett's too short and they're wanting to back four or five or six in the race. And I said, oh, no, I'll just stick with Toppy Tongue. And uh, even though I didn't get the result, I only backed it straight out. It was pretty small and glad not to do too much damage on the race when the other one made that uh, big step of improvement. Yep, uh, exactly right. Rob, going forward to the Oaks, can we find anything to potentially challenge Collett out of this race or in general? Do you have any thoughts? Three-year-old fillies is your bag. I know, but like these, I, I'd never seen Collette. My, my folks after the race texted me, said, oh, they just took it to Newcastle to give it a run that day and a kill. Oh, we were going to tell you about that, that horse. And I'm like, oh, thanks, you know, Saturday night. Yeah. That was helpful, mum and dad. Um, but yes, yeah, so I hadn't seen, like Betcha Flying was one of mine, but a horse I'd never really made paid, always running good races for second and fourth. And again, it's run a good race here for fourth at a, you know, sort of $7 price. Um, I had something on Quintessa in the run, um, but the way this thing is has um, just exploded. Um, J-Mac just weaved through. I'm, I'm sus on the race, but look, next week, um, I'll, I'll just say, I'll, it's price dependent for me. It's this and the, the New Zealand filly, whose name just escapes me for the Probably second... Off. Rubber bill, there it is. Um, yeah, mate. So look, I, I was sort of leaning on you uh, a little bit this race. We ended up on Parody, one of the first of not the worst ride that I had for the day. <laughs> uh, not nearly, but was we we had something on that. But I was going through the uh, the punter slaughter. You know, they do the the, the the review of the day, and it was like um, I backed three of the four of them quite heavily, and that's not even. <laughs> No, that's not even the worst slaughter. They'd missed the biggest slaughter there, which I was on in Brisbane, which is out of race five punters. Um, going, go have a look at Speaking Bad in race five. This came out on the top of our ratings. Um, found the right spot and run double figures. I just kept clicking, clicking, clicking. And um, it was a good thing, Pete. Um, but yeah, worse, worse than Mamaragan or whatever. Anyway, we'll talk about that. But yeah, um, these look. I love this race. Wild Iris in this race won it. Then won the uh, the the Oaks. It's usually a race for me. I think I even got um, something walking um, at forty to one a couple of years ago uh, in this race. Um, sorry, I keep talking about past glory. Let's move on. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to race five. The Chairman's Quality over twenty six hundred. Uh, on the overall adjusted figures of punting form, this is the strongest race on the card. Raheen House, best of the day performance. In terms of the class figure, they've gone 11.2 lengths fast to the 600, um, courtesy of a speed being set by Think It Over. And then there was also Angel of Truth that sort of just sat out there three wide without cover. It was a bit of a, an interesting race to start with over the first couple of hundred. Uh, Mark, I'll start with you. Any interest in the staying race and any interest coming out of it? Uh, yeah, I, I quite like the race as a betting race. I had Cariff and Gayatri won two, and they were both good enough prices to back, so I sort of I got stuck into them a little bit. Uh, Gayatri got a long way back and did nothing, even though she... Well, you could say the pattern didn't suit her, but, mm. I mean, there was enough tempo I wanted to get... You know, she's been beaten 12 lengths, so something's just gone wrong there. Cariff, on the other hand, was tra- you know had a great run, was travelling into it at the turn, just not no fault of the jockey, just hit the front a bit too early, and that as you mentioned, that brutal early tempo just brought the um, strong ex-European stayer Raheem House into it, and he was able to get over the top of him late. I think Cariff's probably gone to his best, which pre-race I thought would have been more than enough to, to win it, but um, 
it's just been set up perfectly for a horse like Raheem House to have his birthday. And, and even Mariah's dancer looked like it was going to be in the finish um, as well and run on for third. But Carroll certainly wasn't unluckily beaten. He had a perfect trip. But um, just the circumstances of the race conspired against him and just brought Raheem House into it. Because he, he'd had four runs in Australia and never gone anywhere near this level that he's shown on on Saturday. Of course, he, he had a bit of European form to suggest he could do it. But... Yeah, he didn't get the perfect storm that he needed until Saturday, and it was enough to knock me off, unfortunately. It was a bit of a classic Australian staying race in a sense. It's either going to be really, really fast or really, really slow, and it's just hard. Yeah. That's why they often take turns. Uh, Rob, yeah. your thoughts on Raheen House? Had you seen him before, and just what's your general impression on him? Uh, look, I, I think I have seen him um, at Rose Hill one day. Um, but look, I, I, I somehow managed to find him in the numbers. Um, just, just, he just looked fit, relaxed, mm. and yeah, I, I thought there's there's a fair few sort of never, never again kind of horses in the race. So he, he somehow managed to sneak into the numbers. But it was a no bet race from me. Are we a bit concerned that Angel of Truth has finished so close here with the run he had? Um, he seems to have, you know, and they seem to have backed him too. Eight dollars fifty one bet for SP what? when. I think he was back because he was meant to lead and he's a wet tracker, but um, it didn't pan out that way. No. <laughs> he's, he's run enormous. Yeah. Absolutely. They, they, they knew. Um, look, I, 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 was, I sent out Cariff on top. I, I just thought he was, he was set to peak here, um, and, and he kind of did. Uh, Mirage Dancer was seemed down in class, and, and Gaelic Chieftain, whose coat was just glowing on the, on the telly. So, um, yeah, sent out the first four and um, didn't have a ticket. It's okay, it's a moral victory, Rob, but there's plenty more to come. Don't you worry about that. We'll look at, uh, speak of moral victories, race six, the English size, 1,400, group one. Oh, dear. Uh, Rob, I'll, I'll go with you first because you did mention slaughters before and uh, we obviously backed Mamaruggan and Old Kirk. And, I mean, really, I think Prague's gone absolutely enormous there as well. Uh, but King's Legacy, for me, has just won the absolute prize, uh, taken shortcuts and come up the inside and bloused him late. Uh, your thoughts, Rob? Look, uh, I, I I wasn't intending to back Mamaragan on the day, um, you know, around this sort of, you know, I've, I've got a new thing, like 280 in a sort of field of 10 plus, That that's sort of my limit. And it just went over that. And then when I was discussing the race with you, Pete, we're like, it's got barrier two. Should find the fence. Should lead. <laughs> um, I think this is a good bet. I think this is a good bet. This might be an evens chance. Okay. Yeah, let's launch. So we had big, big go at Mamaragan and um, a little saver on Old Kirk. And um, jeepers, creepers. And, and I was concerned that Prague was fit, fitting well and running well. And, you know, he, he was the knockout horse for me. And I think he traded very, very low in the straight. Brenton's nearly got him mm. there. But, um, couldn't have done much more, Brenton, but but Huey's Huey's just really just done a great job to get the winner home. You know, it's great it's great for the heron bloodstock, isn't it? Really cheering them. <laughs> yes. Good. Yes. I can't wait for them to go to stud and he's he's, you know, on a thirty, forty thousand dollar first year fee. It'll just be great. Um sorry, last form of wit. But um oh, look, Mamaragan that, that's the worst ride I've ever seen from Nashville Wheeler, possibly. Um but maybe the worst ride I've seen in six months. And just to cop the bump as well on mm. the corner is going in that wide and then on the corner to cop that bump and never look like gonna get there. 
and then get within a length of the winner. It's just torture. Uh, Mark, did you have a play in race six? Uh, yeah, I backed uh, AIM for the first and last time in my life. Uh, I've, I've tried that now and I didn't like it, so I'm not doing it again. It's no good. Um, yeah, I have to echo Rob's sentiments there. I cannot believe where Nash got where he got in the run on this thing. It was breath, breathtaking. I got my map completely and utterly ass up here. If anyone got it right, they should win a fridge or something because it's just <laughs> not fan out the way I or anyone expected. I, I actually, I mean, Prague jumped really well and ended up as outside lead. I thought they'd snag from the gate, but um, he, he jumped half length in front and um, Abdullah took the initiative and put it right in the race and only just fallen short. But yeah, those things that drew low, I remember I can old Kirk ending up coming six, seven wide, but yeah, couldn't work that out. Um, not, not heavily involved, glad I wasn't. Uh, time and rating rise, it looks absolutely disgraceful. Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> the only things you'd want to back out of the race are things you could really, really excuse, uh, like the two mentioned. Um, I don't think the winner's any good at all. Yeah. Okay. What about... Sorry, Pete. I think AIM needs a, a dead to good track. Dead at worst. I, I don't think he runs well. He's a, big, he's a big, powerful, heavy horse. And, you know, on type, he's not a wet tracker. Yeah. You know, him and the thing that was scratch, return with honour. Um, you know, another another day I would have been belligerent and, and backed yeah. him. But I, just, I thought, nah, they needed a dry track. Mamaragon is the way to go. He should be... Even money here. He's got the form. He's down in class. He's suited. Anyway, I should just let it go. Well, he should have he, he should have got every chance anyway from Barrier 2. That's just remarkable that he didn't. Anyway. I was just uh, quickly going to say, looking forward to the Champagne Stakes at the moment before nominations. King Legacy, King's Legacy is actually favourite at the moment. Uh, I'd be amazed <laughs> if that's the case on the day. Oh, wouldn't it be it great if it's a ahead of Mamaragan. That is... Yeah. That is Astonishing. Yep. King's Legacy around four dollars. Mamaragan and Prague five dollars. Old Kirk six. So if, uh, if King's Legacy has any, another hundred starts, it'll never get a setup like that ever again. I know it was bizarre. <laughs> it's a Group One winner. It's never <laughs> yeah. probably never going. It's never going to win another race in its life. You no. know, because it, it'll it'll immediately go to ninety eight or hundred rating and. Yeah, exactly. um, you know, a horse like um, Return with Honor on about yeah. seven, he will just destroy it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it did half look like uh, Paul Snowden was almost half laughing there in the review uh, <laughs> post race. He just thought, well, that was unexpected, but I'll take it. And uh, yeah, rolled around into the Maserati or whatever it was afterwards. It would have been, yeah. would have been <laughs> the, torture. The great game. The, the great, great game. Wonders never cease. Uh, exactly. Uh, speaking of the great game, the Australian Derby, 2400 Group 1 set weights for three-year-olds. My God, what was going on in this race? Uh, look, they've gone 6.4 lengths fast to the 600, so it was very fast, but it was probably just more watching the race uh, from a visual point of view in the early stages. That was really entertaining. Uh, Mark, I'll start with yourself. You down Quick Thinker, which was... Yep. Um, Good win for the for the day for yourself and yours. Uh, your thoughts going into the race? Why quick thinker? And uh, your thoughts of the race? Uh, I, he was coming through the Tullock, which has been a great lead up. Uh, I think that's the last four in a row. I've won the Tullock and backed up and won the Derby. That on its own wasn't going to be enough to get it there. But uh, once I realised we we're going to be dealing with a heavy track, um, the seven day backup was just going to be 
a huge plus and it's panned out that way. I mean, the way the race was run helped as well because it really turned into a very testing 2400 for three-year-olds and the two of them, the Quinella, the Tullock Stakes and Quinella this as well. Uh, so it panned out beautifully for me at a, at a nice price. Uh, not at all surprised to see Zabrowski run so well. He was on the up, upward spiral. Uh, I think you were saying you'd, you'd found Derek the Eel. I, I hadn't found it. I didn't think it's Queensland form was good enough. I suppose he was suited by the, the way it was run as well, but he's, he's probably better than I thought he was. And obviously a few excuse runs in there too. But um, you know, good to get a result uh, here. And yeah, that, that quick backups on heavy tracks, especially over a bit of ground, is always going to be a, a big big tick for me. And it's always a factor worth considering in these conditions. Yep. Uh, Rob, what do you think of the derby this year? Look, um, I, I, you know, I'm a big rap for Shadow Hero, but I couldn't have it on a, on a, you know, he needed a dead track, and this was a heavy, so I gave him a miss. Um, Castel Vecchio percent out on top. He just looked like he was a bit more professional in the yard. I kept saying what a, what a, you know, show pony he is, but he seemed to be walking around really well. They seemed to be a bit of competitive riding here. Um, they didn't seem to, you know. It was back to the 90s or something. They, they were sort of riding to beat him, I thought, rather than worrying about their own horse. Um, but, yeah, it was just below that 280 price, so I dodged a bullet. Um, quick thinker in the numbers. Um, bit, a bit, yeah, easy bet to have at $9.07 after the race. But I actually found Zabrowski in the run, would you believe? Just sure. kept tapping away on him. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great ride. Great ride. Yeah. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, Huey just seemed to have hit the, hit the zone, didn't he? Maybe he just wakes yeah. up, old bones. Funny, my, 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 my daughter took one look at him and said, he's too old to be riding, isn't he, Dad? <laughs> uh, I said, it's funny you say that. Yeah. People call him old bones bowman. But um, no, he's, he, he, was, he was riding a crest of a wave. Um, and yeah, he, he couldn't have given Zabrowski any more of a chance, the, the Kiwi tenacious you know i'm sure there's some bjorn baker footage out there somewhere which i'd love to watch of him <laughs> cheering this home in the last 200 yeah uh we'll jump into arguably the the race of the day in terms of the excitement levels pre-race and then it was just you know typical nature strip wasn't it when he's at his best just went straight to the front and completely brained them uh again a bit of a i wouldn't say a huge drift with Probably seen a little bit uh, more of a drift on Nature Strip previously, but certainly got out to a, a competitive price late. Um, but in the end, they've got an even speed, 1.2 lengths faster to the 600, and that was just perfect for Nature Strip, suited by how the day was panning out. Uh, Rob, your thoughts to TJ? Oh, look, the old the old warriors, the old champs have, have run the first four. Very easy first four to have after the after the race, especially with you know um, Red Zills form on a wet track, twelve hundred Randwick. It's excellent. Um, but for me, no, I, I backed the second and the fourth, Pierrata and Santa Ana Lane. Santa Ana Lane got out to like eleven, twelve dollars mm. on Betfair, but then a slight trim up at the end. Um, Nature's drip. I just remember him being forward um, first up, so I was half keen to take him on. And I think I did back him in the Lightning in about a dollar fifty, which is something I never do. It's sure. been a bit of a sick, sick day. So uh, <laughs> I've got some baggage there with him. So I, I, I couldn't do it. But once he, he J Mac just let him sort of slip up there, and the way he was rolling between the six and the four, he didn't look like getting beat. Um, and Redzill, that Snowden's want to retire him. Wondering uh, what Triple Crown will want to do. You know, the old uh, Everest hawkers. Um, they want to keep him going until he. <laughs> Falls off a, you know, falls off the 
drops dead on the course, probably. Um, people who sold the stones out of the Everest Trophy um, and charged their clients bloody fees uh, to, to, to ensure the product. Hilarious, disgusting. Um, but, yeah, Ed, what a champion he's been over the years, Red Cell. He's he's been a he's been a warrior for sure. Uh, look, Mark, I, I've backed Pirata at ten dollars a few weeks ago and was pretty pretty happy leading up into the day with the fact that the horse is being supported and then couldn't quite understand how short it was getting late. Just didn't really look like it was going to be suited given the the inside ground looked to to be superior due to the various factors. Uh, what are we taking out of this race, if anything, other than Nature Strip when he gets everything in his own favour is very hard to get past? Yeah, oh, I'll, I'll we... say... So, sorry, sorry, mate, you go. Uh, no, well, a couple of things there. Yeah, Nature Strip um, on his day with conditions and suit is the best in the country and unbeatable. Um, this is what we were talking about before. There might be an edge here... Um, with the big syndicates who, you know, win every year and, and shape the market, not paying enough attention to track pattern because the ones they wanted to back here were Pirata, Exceedance and uh, Loving Gabby, uh, who all were going to be unsuited. And that's why it turned out. And Nature Strip, who'd gone up around, what, 350, 360 before any pattern was evident in the morning, has actually drifted when, you know, when you've got a pattern that strong, you really should have been shortening. So that... I think that's just an example of how the market, you know, over the 12 months, the market's a fantastic guide. That's why we use SP profile and all that sort of stuff. But uh, there are going to be individual cases where they get it wrong. And if you are confident in your assessments of the, the pattern, there's going to be an edge. Having said all of that, I uh, didn't take advantage of it because <laughs> um, I had a few competing uh, factors I had to weigh up with Nature Strip. I've got, a, I've got a back of the envelope rule of thumb that he's over $3 back in because since Waller's got him, he's fired about one time in three and if you just keep ducking him at evens and odds on and back him when he's a nice price, you, you'd be a long way in front and that happened again on Saturday. But the uh, the other thing I was looking at that is he's never put two together since Waller's got him either. So uh, coming off his challenge stakes win, I thought uh, maybe he's going to come off despite the track pattern. He did get very back a lot, what, about 450 on bet there. Um but I let him go. I was I was very keen on Sandra Lane, especially from Barrier Two as the day went on, and I really liked the price. He ran really well, but as I said at the top, um, Nature Strip gets these conditions, and he's on his game. Uh, nothing can beat him. Yep. Yep. Exactly right. Um, there's a few nice runs back in the field as well. I, I think Tafane next season is going to be or could be anything. Um, and yeah. certainly Mike Maroney's stable's flying in general, but I think out of the, the beaten brigade, that's probably the horse that I'm keen to, to follow over the next uh, six to 12 months or so, see where that horse goes. Yeah, he's um, got a really good platform to, to go to the sort of weight for age level, I think. Yep. Hey, and um, has the heat come off these three-year-olds? They're not as good as we were saying a month ago. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I think Loving Gabby's I'm... probably established herself as a really dominant horse at Mooney Valley and then probably just a, a brave horse otherwise. But I, I, I wouldn't read too much into Saturday's performance. I'd probably go off uh, off previous starts for her. Exceedance, that's probably the, the big one for me. Um, I don't know. What what do we do with Exceedance? Does he just go straight to the barn now? Yeah. He has to be retired, doesn't he? 
Yeah. Every every time he he runs, he, he you know he's taking money off his stud value. Poor buggers, finery. Um, <laughs> and what are they going to do, the breeders? Now, prize money's gone down. Wonder if the um, service fees will go down. And the sales okay. results next week are going to be atrocious, I'm guessing. You would have to think <sighs> that's so. A, yeah. That's, a, that's, yeah, that's, uh, you know, there, there is opportunities in, in the market, not just horse racing, you know. I was trying to talk to my missus about we should be getting in the shares, quantitative easing going on, yada, yada. She's like, nah, 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 nah. I'm like, I don't want to do that. What, you know, what else? You want to pick a fight with me? I said, okay, well, what about Julian? What about, we got to save Julian. You're a lawyer. You know, you work for a big law firm. Where are they on Julian Assange? He's like, oh, you're still picking a fight with me. What have you done for Assange? I said, well, I've written to my local member. I've written to my federal member. And he goes, well, you go do that right now. All right, I will. I'm on Twitter there with a big, big message Friday night. Poor bugger's going to fucking fall off the perch. <laughs> save Julian, people. Come on, be on the right side of history. Speaking of... Writing to your local member, I might take a loop out of your book there. I might fire up an email after we're finished here to my local member, who happens to be the Greens MP, Adam Bant, asking him to perhaps kick up for a government assistance package for the breeders, John Massaro and company. And just, you know, take care of that for me. I don't like my chances. Oh. Good, good work, good work. And, you know, the poor... Yeah, there's a lot of people doing it tough out there. You know, yeah. all those rugby league players, they can't even yeah. get on the fucking pokes, mate. Come on! <laughs> they need their pokey money! Can't even get, get on the pokes. Um, anyway, I shouldn't just label rugby league, you know. I fucking hate the pokies. Um, people call them gambling. They're not gambling. It's just a sick, sick sickness. Um, all right, yeah, this, this is just old champs here again, you know, old champs in the, in, you know, stepping up on the big day, Nature Strip, San Lane, Red Zill, Pirata, old, maybe Lizzie Jelfs, you know, she, she, um, she found it on top too, Lizzie, um, I'm slightly jealous that she gets to look at him. No, I'm not slightly, I'm fucking jealous, I want to be there. Um, anyway, let's move on to the Doncast, so this was fun. Yeah, exactly, I was going to say, speaking of pokies, welcome to the star Doncaster mile over 1600 metres. <laughs> Uh, look, you know, the narrative, the beer-drinking, pizza-eating horse beats up a field. Again, like, there's so many angles to this race, even after the race. Some of the rides were... I mean, it's always tricky in a big field, but some of the rides were slightly bizarre at times. But um, Natoya was actually the only horse that seemed to find that really good ground that often lingers there at Randwick if you get out past... 12 lanes plus going right out towards the outside. One of the only horses for the day to actually find that wide part of the track. And James Innes on board just flew too strong late. Uh, I thought Melody Bell was outstanding. Um, that horse is just a, an absolute marvel. And that's probably all I've got time for. I need to go back and review the race for another four hours before I can finalise my thoughts. Rob, I'll jump to you. Mate, um, look, I, you asked me who's going to win the Donny last week, and I said something out of the the, the rider. Um, and I haven't followed my own advice. I got my mate in Singapore. He's got it in his quaddy. I don't know how I've missed it. I thought maybe it's going to get too far back. It's going to get too wide. That's why I've left it out. You know, we, this is a horse that I've had a good time with. This is a horse. This is a Randwick horse. This is a character, this horse. I just... You know, it's just great for racing. Um, Wendy Roche after the race, talking about the anti-horse racing lobby, uh, Greg Radley freezing up. It was just fantastic <laughs> as we jumped off to um, 
Doombin. But yeah, I, 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 I'm really pleased for her. Um, the horse is a champ. Star of the Seas, proper wet tracker. Shout out to Sammy Clipperton. You know, he, this is a guy who's been struggling to get rides in town. He has really stepped up on the big day and, and given some great, great rides um, to his horses. They haven't all won, um, but he, he's really, really stepped up. Um, I've had a decent crack at Melody Bell. Uh, I didn't even watch it because I was too keen on watching Mr. Qu- um, Yulong Prince sneak up on the fence and getting half excited about the 350, thinking this is going to come into it, but it's really let me down. Um, they're calling Melody Bell a slaughter. Um, I haven't even brought myself to watch the replay because um, it just irks me so much. <laughs> Uh, Mark, I'll just get your thoughts on who, who you, what you played in the in the Doncaster as well, and also any idea why they backed Holmesman at a longer price? Uh, only because he was going to go forward, I think. Yeah, That's it, the only thing I can think of with Holmesman. It was just a uh, bit of a strange one because it's been beaten twenty four and a half lengths, and really for mine didn't necessarily have a platform to figure. Anyway, yeah, no, I, I agree. I. Couldn't work that one out. Um, I, yeah, it had to be mapped. Um, I backed Brandenburg, who mapped well. Probably ended up a little bit further back than I thought he would, but he basically had his chance and ran really well. Uh, got beaten by Natoya, who... Um, she she did this when I backed her in the Mayor's race a month ago. Uh, last race. You're there. Ran me mm. 1,600. Um, whatever that race is called. But, but that's Trots Brody. <laughs> Trots Brody declared uh, Eurythia oh, yeah, home. But, yep. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You're on the thing that was four in front. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I did, um, did have a saver on the toy, but yeah, the, the, the in front would have helped. Would have certainly would have helped. So she's done that. Uh, she's done that. She loves around Randwick Mile. Obviously, she's done that before. Overcome a bias. Uh, I thought, you know, she, she did that for Hugh Bowman that day. It was James Innes, unfashionable jockey, but he's got the horse to fly. So hats off to hats off to him. Um, biggest win of his career and richly deserved. Uh, I backed. I backed. Um, Yulong Prince as well, and I, the eyes lit up when he poked up on the fence. He'd done everything right. And, yeah, very ordinary in the last 200. Yulong Prince just found nothing. Uh, the other one I backed was the other bit wet tracker, I thought, in uh, Cascadian, who uh, wasn't really going to be suited by the way the, the track was playing by this stage. Um, but, you know, he, he was decent odds, and there's a small bet on him. He actually ran okay. He, he didn't have much luck in the straight. He, he wasn't going to win, but um, he ran okay. Yeah, messy race. Melody Bell. Um, yeah, it was. A, it had a very tired run. I think scored is a bit harsh because the, it drew eleven yeah. for a start. He's trying to poke up into the three wide line with cover, which he had for about the first four hundred meters, and then the pace went out of the race coming into that first turn. So there's yeah, this is when Brandon Bird got shuffled back as well. So there's all this chopping and changing inside him, and horses getting up on heels and all that sort of stuff. And he just he was the one that got posted. So. Um, I don't know what he's supposed to do except put a few over the fence, you know. So to hang him out to dry, I think, is is harsh. He's he, victim of circumstances. Yeah. He would, have, I, he would have had to be a magician to get a good run uh, given those circumstances. Completely agree. For a Group 1 with a 20-horse field, they've only gone 3.9 lengths fast to the 600, which really isn't that that quick. Um, and then yeah. from the 1,000 the to the 800, they've well, from the 1,200 to the 1,000, they've gone 11.28 seconds split. They've almost dropped the second going uh, to the 1,000, to the 800, 12.20. So, yeah, there was a lot of horses that weren't suited. That, that's, and that's when all the trouble started. So, and he just got things he had no control over inside him happened and pushed him out four wide. So I don't know how you can blame the jockey. 
Okay, well, that brings us to the last race. There was a few people commenting on Twitter, racing Twitter, that Ruby Saki was carrying the weight of the nation and, well, no issue at all. Um, personally, I was on Juan Diva and Plaquette at both 34 to $41. And the move <laughs> for Juan Diva on the day, again, another horse that just didn't seem to be suited, the robots just kept smacking it and smacking it. It's jumped around $8 or so. I've just borderline staggered but um i guess the, the top two horses rubisaki and way up in the sky really did tick the most boxes uh, so to speak in this field and that's why it panned out rob for yourself rubisaki you sent out on the text you wanted two eight <laughs> it's got it's jumped 291 but when i was yeah. just sending the text it was 260 yeah so i'm like i'm not been i need i need my 280 I've already I've gone Mamaragan. That was two eighty. I, I, I avoided Castelvecchio. That was under the two eighty. So I'm going to just leave this unless it's two eighty. So um, I, I could have got a fair bit back actually if, if I if I'd sent the units. But I, I had a small win on it. It never looked like losing. It's a real line chaser. The old mare's in form. And Kiamichi at six fifty. How's this thing gone at two ninety? It's it wasn't even shot. I was saying to my mate who had who had the uh, the quarter alive. He had like three runners in this, and I was calling him you know, gutless. This is a, this is a one out job. <laughs> <sighs> gutless, you know. But there he was with his you know twenty percent of the quarter. There was me with a hole in the wallet. Um, I can't complain. Um, but I don't know. This is a Melbourne horse. I've never seen it, so I can't really comment. I, I do love these these races. One diva. We backed at it on a Monday at um, Warwick Farm mm. uh, when it won on a, you know, I guess the same day that Positive Peace won, I think it was. It was. See, I, I, do, I do have a memory for these things. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, look, uh, I've got nothing, Mark. What do you got? Uh, mate, I, uh, I got this wrong. My read on the track was that um, on this day last year, we had a, you know, it was right back in the crew, obviously, and we had a similar sort of profile. And in this race, which was race 10 that day too, Multaja was well backed and came sailing down the middle. And Oh, I beat was... me. I was on in, Into the Abyss. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. At a big yeah. price. Yeah, yeah. Do you have got a good memory? I've got a memory. Rain man. Yeah. So that was my, my thinking was, well, Rubisaki's going to be back inside. Uh, and I thought, well, if they're going to, if, if by race 10, even though if it has been on pace and up the inside, by race 10, it might have switched around. So I, I looked for things like I backed Plaquette and I backed um, part of the Oakwood blinkers on at, at big odds. And Plaquette couldn't keep up. That was, yeah. It was just run off its feet. And Heart of the Oak was sort of put in the race and weakened. The way the track was still playing, um, where it was, was ideal. And um, peeled off the rails coming and came down the middle and, yeah, Painless watch if you're on it. Uh, I, I wasn't heavily involved. I just spec those ruffies. So, yeah, easy, easy after the race. It was certainly the best horse in the race, Rubisaki. And the way the track was playing, it, it played into her hands and she got the job done very well. Look, I, I just, it just stuck in my mind. It's win on that Wednesday bog track at Warwick Farm, the rich size yeah. race. It just, that just, that's all I could think of. That just pissed in. Um, so I just thought, wet track again. This, this should probably yeah. win. 290, you know, uh, eventually. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's just a really. Yeah, no, I, mean... I was just going to say it's just a really capable horse. Uh, the yeah. the, the four hundred two hundred meter split, 
is 1.5 lengths superior to the rest of the field. Uh, yeah. And that's just, that's something that just elevates it into that borderline, you know, elite category. And it wouldn't be surprising yeah. to, to see the horse go even better if uh, later in the spring. Yeah. Yeah, it just had the, I mean, she's got a, she travelled comfortably. So that, that was the difference. She was back uh, with a horse like Poquette. So you and I are on Poquette. Mm. It's coming up from provincial class. This is actually the definition of class. So the, they weren't even going on that quick, but Poquette, breaking that step up from provincial class to racing decent horses, is scrubbed and off the bit all the way. Rubasaki's back with her, but travelling, and then has a turn of foot. So just that's what class is, being able to travel more comfortably when you're against horses of your own similar ability. And Poquette just ran into that brick wall on, um, on Saturday and was found out. And a shout-out to Nash Rewilla, because if he got it wrong on uh, Mabaragan earlier in the day, he absolutely yeah. nailed it with Rubasaki, and the horse pissed in. Um, well, Mabaragan should have been an easier ride, because it, it should have been a lot closer in the run than Rubasaki. Yeah. yeah it just screamed Nash Rewilla all over at that Mabaragan. <laughs> Barrier 2, just fucking punch it out and keep it going. What's Nash riding cute for? Makes me sick. And another thing worth mentioning here: the um, this is really is a get-out stakes. The the Betfair win market volume one point five million Ooh. on this race. Um, people are really, you know, despite the the pandemic, they're still betting. Yeah, yeah. It's a particularly <laughs> well, yeah. Panic punching. It's uh, it's a particularly strong market considering the uh, the extra taxation that occurs in rugby league country. Um, I'll put it that way. Uh, yeah. I noticed that as well. Like during, like last week, the the big it was Golden Slipper Day, and Melbourne, the the the, the money on Betfair was about the same. So rugby league, um, that idea is is not a good one. When you've got a shitty Melbourne Metro meeting having the same pools as the the gala days in Sydney, it's not working. Smaller, mm. you know, should be easy, but it's not for these people. They don't understand betting. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, guys, it's been 10 races worth of fun. We've got obviously part two this Saturday. Do you have any horses to follow for the week ahead or out of this meeting that you're really willing to uh, to stamp for next time? Mark, I'll start with you. Uh, Doubtland is the one I'm keeping on for the future. Yep. Um, as I said, don't know exactly what to make of him, but... Um, yeah, uh, he, he impressed me on Saturday. I think he might be good. He, he could even end up the best. Could end up the best two-year-old of the season. Okay, Rob Scurry. They looked after. Oh, look, um, there's not much really out of the meeting. I think I mentioned, you know, I had a decent crack on Dawn Passage first up. Um, yep. It was a bit. It was a bit unlucky that day, just a bit. And um, he should run well in the arrow field. I'd, I'd say. Okay. It's, it's, it seems the three-year-olds seem to be falling away one by one, and he's sort of last man standing and should go very close. All right. Sounds good to me. Uh, look, guys, it's been outstanding as always. Mark Roden, for your subscribers at Champion Bets and Winning Edge Investments, what's your week looking like at this stage? Uh, we've got Kembla tomorrow, a Tuesday Provincial, Warwick Farm uh, Wednesday. And one Thursday before Good Friday and into the weekend. All right, very good. And uh, well, Rob, every day's like Good Friday at the moment, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> I didn't even realise it was Good Friday. That means I've got to do about fourteen Ascot meetings for this week. Uh, oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Rob, for yourself, uh, you'll be back in the bunker this Saturday. It's not a bunker, mate. It's a lounge room where we all live. So, you know, <laughs> I'll put my bloody Sony's on, my headphones, and try and find us some winners. Oh, outstanding. I can't wait. Uh, guys, it's been a, a great review. Look forward to doing it again next Monday. Uh, thank you to you both. No worries at all. Talk to you there. Cheers, boys. Free Assange. No charges. Cheers.